Isaiah chapter 40, if you have your Bible and you want to get to it, just open it up, verse 29, Isaiah 40, and verse 29. You'll recognize this scripture, it's familiar to most people. It's the one that talks about, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. But let's read it. Isaiah 40, 39, uh, 29 through 31. God gives power to the faint, and to them who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall exchange and renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is basically and essentially this. It's stopping your regular routine in order to turn to God and exchange your depleted natural abilities for the Lord's divine ability. It's not waiting around for God. It's waiting on God. And there's a big difference. Waiting upon the Lord. People wait on the Lord usually when they've gotten to the end of themselves. When they've realized they can't go. They're not getting where they want to go. and They're not receiving in life what they're supposed to. And uh, they get... Uh, they get to a place of desperation, but we should wait on God all the time. Waiting upon the Lord, as I said, is exchanging our depleted, limited weakness for His strength. It's ministering to the Lord. It's coming before the Lord to receive. That's what waiting upon the Lord is. And here he said, young people with strength and vitality will fail they will fall short, their strength will be depleted, but those who wait upon the Lord, they will exchange their strength or they will renew their strength. And then he said, they will mount up with wings like eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. I mentioned earlier we're in this time of fasting, but I want you to expand the concept of fasting for a moment. Think of it just in general as saying no to self in order to say yes to God. Just think of it as, as saying, you know what? I've been trying to do this. I've been trying to run my life with my own strength and my own way. I'm now going to open up my heart and ask the Lord for help. I'm going to turn to God. So it's, it's turning away from self in order to turn to the Lord as opposed to staying dependent upon self and waiting for God to make it work out. And see, a lot of people think they're waiting on the Lord when what they're doing is they're waiting for God. They just keep going in the same direction, persisting to rely upon self and just waiting for God to make it work out. But the Lord is saying, I'm over here. Stop relying upon yourself and look to me. You know, when God blesses, when he comes into your life, begins to move, trust me, there's going to be plenty of time for you to use your own strength, your own mind, your own faculties. God doesn't want to control your life. He wants to come into relationship and be a leader and a shepherd in your life so that you can live that life and be blessed in him. So fasting, if you will, fasting is waiting on the Lord. Think about it. 
We're, we're in a 21-day fast, and people are fasting in different ways, but when it comes right down to it, the act of fasting is not going without food, and, uh, but it is actually turning away from the lordship of our flesh in favor of the lordship of the Holy Spirit. So fasting is waiting upon the Lord because you're actually exchanging your weakness for his spiritual strength. Now, the whole thing about Jesus, if I could quantify what is the gospel of Jesus and and what makes Christianity work, what is it really all about? Well, the whole thing about Jesus and Christianity is that Jesus didn't come to give us a religion to follow, but a relationship to share. You've always got to go back to that. Am I trying to follow a religion or am I sharing with Jesus? Am I really sharing with him? And that's what waiting on the Lord is. It's turning aside to share with the Lord, to come before him and open those weaknesses and let God come into your life. And so if there's no sharing, there's no following. If you're not sharing with the Lord, then you're not following him. And so Isaiah 61, 1 through through 3, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Fasting and waiting on the Lord is where you lay down and trade the weakness of your flesh for the beauty and for the strength, and for the joy, and for the praise that he gives in replacement of the the, uh, weakness, and the weariness, and the mourning. Did you know that God is seeking you? We often talk about um, seeking God, but God is seeking you. Uh, In the Gospel of John, listen to what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman who met him at the well. In John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, Jesus said, The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. So let me back up a moment. God is seeking such to worship Him. So God's out looking for people. Everybody talks about being out there looking for God but, you know, the best way I know to find him is to, is to put yourself in a place where he can find you. God is looking for certain people. Who's he looking for? Jesus said, I'm looking for true worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. Now, the woman at the well had said, our tradition is that we worship in this mountain in Samaria. And your people say that you worship in Jerusalem. And At that point, Jesus answered and said, well, all that's coming to an end. He said, the days come, and it's even here, that the true worshipers will no longer worship in this mountain or that valley or that valley or that city. It's not necessarily in a house. It's not necessarily in a particular cathedral or in a location, but it's a condition. It's in the Holy Spirit. The Father seeks people who will worship Him in the Holy Spirit. And so... Whatever it means to be in the Spirit, that's where you want to be because that's where God is seeking you. 
The Father is seeking people in the Spirit who worship Him. When you put the needs of your spirit man, because I'm sure most of you have figured out by now that you're not your body, that there's more to you than your flesh. There's more to you than your body. God has made you in His image and likeness. You are a spirit. You have a soul, a mind, a will, and an intellect, and you live in a body. And when this body falls away and it's finished, the life that is you, the person that is you, is going to live on. God made the soul in His image and likeness. He made you eternal. The Bible says that when God created Adam, He rolled that body up out of the red clay of earth, and there was Adam's lifeless body living there, and then God animated him, not by commanding him to stand to his feet, or commanding him to come into existence as the, as the animals and the creatures. But the Bible says God grabbed that body and he breathed into Adam his own spirit, the breath of life. And Adam became a living soul. The soul of mankind, all of the children that have come down through all the generations that have come down from Adam, carry within themselves the breath of God. Though we're fallen away in sin, separated from God because of sin, the fact is our soul is eternal. And He has never stopped loving us. And He has never given up His purpose for why He created us for fellowship and communion and to share and reflect His glory. That's what we were designed for. And so Jesus said, God is seeking. He's looking for people to come and receive the Holy Spirit. That is where we have communion with the Lord. So when you turn aside, whether it's through fasting or prayer, or it's, it's through making some decision in your life, you know what, I've been, I've been stubbornly pushing myself this way, and I know that it's not God's will for me, and I'm going to turn, I'm going to move in the direction that I know God wants me to move in. I'm going to seek the Lord rather than get up every day and ignore Him. And I'm going to ask him to be Lord of my life and, and put him first. I'm embarking on this path. I'm turning away from this path so that I can walk on that path. Let me say something about paths for a moment. One of the great deceptions about the world and the hour that we live in is that people believe that they can go out in life and grab whatever appeals to them and bring it into the path of their life without consequence. But the truth is, is that everything you see in life is on a certain path. There is no a la carte banquet in life where you can just simply go and take hold of something. Because the minute you take hold of something, that thing has got roots and that thing is on a path. When you choose it, you've chosen the path that it's on. Now, in my generation, they used to teach us when we were coming up that uh, if you hang out with this particular element, these particular kids, you're going to end up, and I used to hear my mom and dad say that, and I thought, my God, they just don't know what in the world they're talking about. And, you know, when you're young, you just don't see it. You just, life is out there, and you just run out, and you take hold of it. But the reality is, is that as you get older, you, you come to see that everything in life is on a path. When you choose something and then you won't let go of it, the next thing you know, you're on that path. 
You're part of it. And if you're on that path, here's the delusion. You can't be on this path. Pick a path. Pick a path. You can't run through life jumping from one path to the next and be everything and have everything. The reality is, is you are one person and you could pick the path of life. You could pick the path of light or you could pick all the many different versions of darkness without God and all the things that are there on those paths that are attractive to you. So the reality is, is that when you turn away from a particular path, you say, you know what? God made me. Only God can fix me. I've got some issues in my life. The world's not fixing me. And so I'm going to turn to God. Who is he? Well, he is the Jesus of the Bible. He's the only one of all the deities on the planet that man has contrived and come up with there's only one that came down from eternity, from heaven. The rest have been conjured up. But he came, and he is the perfect love of the Father. He is the only one that really resembles what we were intended to be. When we look into the face of Jesus, we see what we were intended for. We see the hope of what we could be. He is a perfect gentleman. He's perfect love. He is kind. He is all of those things that we so long for and the potential that we see within ourselves. So fasting is turning away from what has depleted our life so that the hunger and the real need of our spirit man can be fed from the Father. Jesus said God is seeking for people who will worship him in spirit. And so what does that mean? It means you put your spirit first. That becomes first in your life, not your flesh. That's simple, isn't it? If you put your flesh first, you are going to starve your spirit. If you put your spirit first, then your flesh will serve the purpose that it's supposed to have, and it'll carry you through life, and you can have that joy and that fulfillment that he's promised to give. Can you say amen? Now, when you seek God in the Spirit, it puts you in the place where God is seeking you. The very minute that you begin to turn aside and seek the Lord in your life and, uh, and, and seek Jesus to come and to fill your life. And look, you might be sitting there thinking, hey, I'm a Christian. I've been saved for 27 years. So I've already found Jesus. Well, those are the people that are in the greatest danger. There's those that say, well, I got saved 27 years ago. Everything's cool. But Jesus didn't come to be found. He came to have a relationship. So what about today? We know about 27 years ago. What about right now? Are you walking with him right now? Are you fellowshipping? How about this morning? Praise the Lord. Every person who desires to have God in their life must face this inescapable reality that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 6. You cannot serve two masters. He said you'll either cling to the one and despise the other or cleave to this one and reject that one. You will either be ruled by, since we're talking about, uh, we're in this fast, many of you are thinking about fasting, you'll either be ruled by king's stomach or queen's stomach, 
or the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, in Galatians, Paul writes, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. These things are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Think of that last phrase for a moment. The flesh is at war with the spirit and the spirit at war with the flesh. They are contrary and opposed to each other to keep you from doing what you want to do. What does that mean? Well, simply put, it means that if you try to live in no man's land and you continue to allow the flesh to be the Lord of your life, but you want the benefit of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will not be able to do what you want. You're not, you can't get there from that place. They are contrary to one another. So either the Spirit leads your life or the flesh leads your life. Either Jesus is Lord of your life and you're a Spirit-dominant person or the flesh leads your life and your carnal reasonings and dependency upon self and strength. Now, Everybody wants a healthy body. Everybody wants a clear mind because we do live in this body. Walking and living in the spirit is not walking around like a mystic. It means that your body, your mind, the person that comprises you, spirit, soul, and body is in fellowship and communion with the Lord. And that it's your relationship with Jesus that provides you the wisdom and the comfort and the encouragement and guides you and leads you through life. It's very, very simple. That's what being in the Spirit is all about. So, when you choose the Holy Spirit to be your comforter, He will keep your flesh from doing what it wants to do. Let me say that again. If you choose the Holy Spirit, truly, and sometimes, by the way, let me just put a little plug in here for long-term fasting. Sometimes the flesh doesn't let go in one meal. Does anybody know what I'm talking Sometimes the carnal grip can be a little stubborn. And sometimes it doesn't let go in one day. Sometimes it takes more than an hour. It might take more than a day. You might need to be persistent. That's why I like long fasts. I like... Entering into a place in God where we have turned aside to spend some time putting the things of God first. Because it takes time to unhook all those hooks that have come into our life. You know, it's not rocket science. Most Christians who sincerely love God and are saved and have the Holy Spirit are being defeated, being held back today, not because they don't have the Holy Spirit, but they don't have enough of the Holy Spirit. It's not because they don't love God, but they're just not letting Him move in their life enough. They spend way too much time doing what their flesh wants to do and too little time doing what the Holy Spirit is leading them to do. It's a matter of saturation. It's a matter of, uh, of, of, um, of simply being uh, saturated, and that takes time. And so... If you're going to choose the Spirit, I, that's why I like this. I, I, I look forward to it with a combination of dread and excitement. 
My natural man dreads that, that fast because I think, oh my God, one such as I, a lover of cheeseburgers, a, a, just about a worshiper of steak. I love food. I love to eat in the morning. I love to eat in the noontime. I like eating before I go to bed. They, they could write songs about the way I love to eat. So it's not, I'm not a, quote, spiritual person who just loves, I hate fasting. So there's a certain amount of dread. But I know that there is a pattern of the flesh dominating and ruling my life that has just, over the period of weeks and months, has just settled in over my life, and it's got to be broken up. It's just like the fallow ground in, on a farm field that's been left for a year. It gets hard, and when you put that plow blade in to break it up, it, it's a little hard at first. Once you get it broken up, the, it's soft, and you don't plow that field in one day. It takes time. So how long should I fast? How long should I turn aside? As long as it takes. Amen. That's how long. However long it takes. What are you going for? See, the problem is we're looking for a vending machine. We want to push a button and get God's uh, candy bar. We, we, we want to unwrap it and just eat it and we're done. Hallelujah. I fasted for a day. Glory to God. Now I'm ready for the blessing. But, but understand, the goal is not how long can I go without eating. If that's what you're thinking, then just give it up and go back and, have the, and go to McDonald's, for, please. That's what I would do. I, in fact, I've done it before. I, I remember there have been times in my life where I've, I've started a fast to seek the Lord. My heart just wasn't in it. My head wasn't in it. I was just completely in the wrong place. I said, you know, forget it. I'm going to Burger King. And that was the best thing I could do until I got straight in my mind. I'm, I'm pursuing the Holy Spirit. I want the Spirit of God in my life. I want the anointing of God upon my life. I'm no good without it. I'm like a wooden man without the Holy Ghost. And I know that you're sitting there saying amen because you know in my case it's true. Choose the Holy Spirit as your comforter. That's what fasting is. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is they that wait upon the Lord. It takes time to wait upon. They that wait upon the Lord are not people that are standing around doing their own thing, not changing a single pattern, just day by day, living the way they see fit. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but just, just doing their own life and sitting around waiting for God. That's not what Isaiah was talking about in Isaiah 60. They that wait for God, like God's off on some adventure. We've got to wait for him to get back. He's not here. He's in town. I got his voicemail. The Bible says, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. How long shall I wait on God? Till you renew your strength. And you say, well, I, I feel rested up. No, no, no. We're not talking about sleeping and taking a nap so that you can jump up and go back to your routine again. The renewing of strength is the exchange of strength. It's the taking my depleted strength and receiving His eternal strength, His power, His love, His anointing. And believe me, when that happens in your life, you know it. There's an absolute difference. This is not, I'm going to sleep a couple hours and I'll be back at it in the morning. Are you listening? You see what I'm talking about? That's what 
fasting and turning aside. And again, I'm not, this message isn't about fasting. I'm not harping on fasting. I, I don't want anybody here this morning who's currently not fasting to think, well, I'm, I'm kind of left out of this thing. I don't really know if I'm going to be able to get this. No, we're not talking just about fasting. We're talking about fasting and all that figuratively it really comes down to. It just simply boils down to the decision to say no to self. You know, you do the very same thing when you've got this pattern in your life that's just been depleting you. It's, it's, it's poisoning your life. It's not helping you. You're stuck. But you get in the car and go to that same place and do the same thing every Monday or Sunday or Thursday. Or you know that you need to break out of it, but you can't seem to break out of it. You just keep doing it. Fasting is when you stop, put the brakes on, and say, that's it. I've had it. I'm done. I'm finished. Finito. I'm never going to get to the place of freedom that I'm trying to go to if I keep going here and doing what I'm doing. Amen. Are you listening? As Paul said, you cannot serve, as Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. If you live for the flesh, you cannot live for the Spirit. If you live for the Spirit, you will not be dominated by the flesh. It's as simple as that. In Romans 8, Paul said something absolutely amazing. He said, through the Spirit, we mortify and put to death the things of the flesh. It's miraculous. I mean, it is miraculous. But when you seek God and you put the kingdom of God first and you truly wait upon the Lord and you make the personal sacrifices in your life to seek God and put Him first until you know that you've broken through. I didn't mean to be like a school teacher and clap at you. I just got a little excited, so... Uh, but, but when, when you take the time to go, seek God until you have a breakthrough, that's when the joy comes. That's when the peace, that's when the freedom. And I can't tell you what that takes in your life, but what I can tell you is that if it hasn't happened, you haven't done it long enough. If it hasn't happened, you, you need to stay at it. Turn to the Lord with all of your heart. Those who wait will renew their strength. Somebody say, praise the Lord. So choose the Holy Spirit as your comforter because God is seeking and waiting for you there. God is seeking you. You know, maybe, maybe for this past week you've been praying and you're, you're just, rather than being up and excited, maybe you've just been bewildered. Sometimes people start to seek the Lord. They go into fasting and prayer and just all the junk starts coming up in their mind. They think, what is this? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not happy, I'm in turmoil, and uh, I just feel confused or bewildered. Um, it's the spiritual toxins. It, it, is, it is those things that don't want to let go, letting go. Trying to hold on. Have you ever tried to get somebody out of your house? Not everybody has had this wonderful experience. Not everyone's had this wonderful experience, but if you have, you know what I'm talking about. You let them in. I remember years ago when my wife and I first started in the ministry, our, our daughter was uh, about a year and a half old. We let this guy in. Uh, Cameron was, no, it wasn't Cameron. I forgot his name. But we let this guy in, and he was a heroin addict, and so since I'd been in, I was an ex-druggie, I thought, well, I can relate with this guy, and... and uh, he had said, oh, yeah, I received Jesus, so I want, I want Jesus in my house, I mean, in my life. And um, so we let him in, and we, 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 we put him in the basement. We're obviously not living in Florida. 
Um, and we, gave, we had an apartment in the basement. We put him down there. And the first few days, it was really cool. He was, he was just humble and so grateful and you know, wanted to pray and seek the Lord. And God was dealing with him and everything. But then after he started to, you know, uh, get his feet under him, you know, Kathy would make him sandwiches and fix food for him. And, and uh, you know, he was, oh, thank you. I'm just going to go back down to the basement and eat it and be grateful. Um, I, I don't want to be in the way. By the time, I think it was a week, took a week, he was like running the house. He was like running the house. Can I get another one of those? Uh, you know, I don't like this kind of mustard. Do you, can you have, the, do you have the other mustard? Then he's just going in the fridge by himself. He's just, you know, what are you doing? And, and, you know, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. So he's wolfing down the lunch meat. That was for dinner. We had lunch, back in those days, we had lunch meat for dinner. And, and, you know, sometimes we'd have the lunch meat without the meat. Uh, and I'm not kidding. We had hamburger helper minus the hamburger. We, what's for dinner, helper? So it came time that I finally realized, wow, this guy, he's gotten himself He's gotten himself really comfortable. He's going to have to leave. Kathy came home one day, and she said, I'm sorry, Nick. I hate to put you in this position. Well, I'm the head of the house. I should be put in that position. She said, um, he goes or I go. And I thought, well, he's, he's toast. But guess what? I decided he was out of there. That didn't do it. I didn't just stand there and go, all right, my mind's made up, he's gone. And then opened my eyes, clicked my heels three times, and the basement was empty. Getting him out was a whole different animal. Because <laughs> he was connected to the refrigerator. He was, he felt at home, and boy, he was offended. You can't put me out, you know. So it came down to, I had to get a little bit stern. I had to get forceful. And if you could get a picture of it, it was like when you are trying to put your kid in the bedroom and time out or whatever it is. In the old days, we used to take them in the bedroom and beat the tar out of them. But at any rate, uh, now they just put them in there and say, you just stay in there for a while with your TV and computer and everything, and that'll show you. But uh, at any rate, so... It was like trying to put them in the bedroom and the arms and legs go out on the doorposts and, you can't, and they're like a spider. Like, and you can't get them through the door. That's the flesh. When you decide, I'm going for God. I want God in my life. I want the Holy Ghost in my life. The flesh is going to go, oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. No, 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 no. No, fasting? Oh, you're not going to last. Trust me. And then why, why do I feel so awful the first day? Then the second day, it's even worse. And, and my mind is going everywhere because it's your flesh screaming. And it's eye, the eyes are spinning in your head and, and, and going crazy. The, I, I don't want to put everything in terms of the devil and God, but, but I, you'll understand I use it as a metaphor. Devil don't give up easy. He's, he's got his hands and feet on that door, and he's not going out. You have to break that hold. 
And you do it by being determined. That is what turning to the Lord. That is what waiting upon the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord is not passive. Waiting upon the Lord can be very aggressive sometimes. Waiting upon the Lord takes more than just a decision one time. Sometimes you need to reinforce that decision many times until that, that domination of the flesh is broken and truly the peace begins to come back into your life. The Lord begins to speak to you. And let me tell you, when you've waited upon the Lord, you know you, you've gotten there because the Lord trades your legs for wings. Somebody say amen. Waiting on the Lord is, is trading legs for wings. How many of you know you weren't born with wings? You were born with legs. But the Bible promises that you will mount up with wings like eagles. Now we were born with legs, which means if we want to get anywhere, we have to find a path. Here we are back on the path again. And uh, so with legs, you need to either walk along some path or you need to negotiate difficult terrain. And so it's, no, it's not always easy getting where you want to go in life. Sometimes your life is blocked. Now listen to me. Sometimes that path is sealed and you're in a place where you're literally just jammed up. You know what jammed up? You're just jammed up. You can't move forward. You can't move back. You're stuck. You're looking at your life. And even though you're getting up every day and you're physically going through the motions, you're stuck. Some people, their marriage is in that place. Some people, their, the, the dream they started out with in life is stuck. We all have experienced one way or another of being stuck on a path that we can't move to the left or to the right, forward or backward. We know that feeling. You know why I know that all of us know it? Because everyone here, I'm pretty certain, is more than 16 years old. And if you live long enough, you're going to experience it. It's called life. It's what life in this world is, and it's like that for everybody. I don't care if you're a multimillionaire or you know, what your station or position in life is. That's what life is like. And so you find yourself on that path and you can't move. But the Bible says that if you wait upon the Lord, if you turn to Jesus, if you truly humble your heart and you cry out upon the Lord, if you don't worry about what people think, you don't care anymore, um, and you just begin to seek and wait upon the Lord your God, hallelujah, the scripture says what eventually is going to happen is those legs that are stuck in that path aren't going to be an issue because the Lord is going to give you not the, not the wings of a mosquito or the wings of a little wren or a little bird. Some of us are a little larger than that. But the wings of an eagle? Have you ever noticed the way eagles fly? Not like a dove. You ever watch doves? I couldn't be a dove for 10 minutes. I mean, they're like... I'd last two minutes. I'm done. I'm back on the ground. I can't. Doves, they're just, they work too hard. Eagle, man, they're just. They find some wind. They just hang out. They're just hanging out on the wind. You will mount up with the wings of eagles. See, these metaphors were chosen by the Holy Spirit for a reason. 
great big bird. I recently saw a video of an eagle taking down a deer. What a bald eagle, but it was a big, big, some kind of, probably some Indonesian, African, something or other eagle, I don't know. They get big, they're bigger over there. And uh, this deer was running, and all of a sudden, come into the camera, was a giant eagle. And it just, it was going a lot faster than the deer. Hit the back of that deer, got its talons into it, rolling, and took that deer down like that. The bird! I'm thinking, if I ever go to that place, I'm watching my back. I am not be walking along all of a sudden, whoa, there you go. Well, the fact is that God says if you wait upon the Lord, you will not only renew your strength. The reason I know that he's not talking about you just becoming strong in your flesh again, taking a nap, getting, you know, getting rested up, is because he says you will mount up with wings like an eagle. And I wasn't born with wings like that. So obviously he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon your life and filling you with lift. The wonderful thing about the, the wings of an eagle, the wonderful thing about the move of the Holy Spirit in your life, when you have to depend on paths, it may take you a while to get from here to here because there's mountains and valleys, and that path could go all over the place. I once took a bus to Washington, D.C. from Tampa when I was a teenager. It took me three days. I thought I never realized D.C. was that far away. <laughs> well, yeah, when you're zigzagging through every small pothole in the road in town in Georgia, and I think they even went to Tennessee for them. But at any rate, yeah, when you're dependent upon a path, it takes forever to get there. But you know what? Some people in life have been broken. Some people in life are stuck, and they can't wait. They need to get from here to there, and they need to be able to get there right now. And guess what? God's got wings for you. God's got wings for you. Those that wait upon the Lord will mount up, and the beautiful thing, when you mount up with wings like eagle, uh, you just go there. You just go there. We even have an expression for it, as the crow flies. It's a straight line. What would take a half of a lifetime or a whole lifetime? God could do it in the blink of an eye. He's that quick. Are you willing to wait upon the Lord? Not stand around and wait for something to happen, but wait upon the Lord. If you do, I assure you this morning, if you are fasting, if you are seeking God, if you've come today, if you're visiting and you're like, wow, this is different fasting. Hmm. I'm excited. I want to go to a place that does a lot of fasting. <laughs> I mean, when's the last time you saw a restaurant said, come here, get nothing? <laughs> it's about 30, 40 bucks a meal. Yeah, I, they're not going to survive. <laughs> so, but at any rate, you might be here today thinking, well, fasting, all right. No, it's not about fasting. It's about turning away from self, saying, I want Jesus. Christians today need to learn what the old-time saints used to know. And that is you can't live in no man's land. You can't try to live in the flesh and have the benefits of the Spirit. It won't work. And I'm doing you a favor in telling you this morning, you can't get there from from that place of compromise. Too many churches today 
are concerned with being relevant with man. But the old time saints were concerned about being relevant with God. And let me tell you that what those people that are unsaved and broken out in the world need is they don't need a church that's relevant with them. They need a portal to glory. They need a portal to the presence of God. And those that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. We need to be a church that is waiting upon the Lord, that is receiving. If you're willing to look awkward, if you're willing to let that discomfort be brought before the Lord until you've received from God, you will mount up with the wings of eagles. You will be renewed. The Lord has promised. He's waiting for you there. Jesus said it. The Father is seeking you to worship Him in your spirit, to put your spirit first. He's waiting for you to come to that place. Stand with me this morning.